The beauty of social is every person you connect to is another person in your network. Every person that you add strengthens your network because you've got a bigger and bigger audience. Maybe the next person, the important sale you're going to make is somebody you connected to a decade ago. And so much of this is about not chasing people, but letting them walk towards you. Welcome to the Marketing Boost Solutions Podcast. Join host Marco Torres, co-founder of MarketingBoost.com, along with expert guests as they deliver incredible proven solutions to your marketing challenges in each power-packed episode. Captain Marco has guided thousands of entrepreneurs, growing their sales and marketing through the use of value-add incentives. His Facebook groups are home to more than 84,000 entrepreneurs who are raking in sales with his advice. Get ready to be blown away with game-changing lessons for your business. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to the Marketing Boost Solutions Podcast. And today we've got an incredible guest, Mr. Adam Gray. Uh, Adam and I met on LinkedIn, which is one of the expertises that Adam will bring to the table. We'll be talking about how to grow your business specifically with social media. And one of his expertises is with LinkedIn as well that we'll be talking about. He owns a company called DLA Ignite, and we'll let him get more and tell us more about that as we go along. He is a longtime musician turned marketer, turned social marketing expert, turned you name it. We'll just take it from here. Adam, tell us about yourself, and let's get busy chatting about how to build your business with social media. Hi. Well, first of all, it's lovely to be here, and uh, uh, hello to everyone that, that's that's watching. Um, yeah, so it, it's uh, like so many people in the kind of sales and marketing world, I, I kind of arrived here by accident, uh, and uh, I, I guess that that the modern uh, way that people communicate and the behaviours that people have has driven me to end up in social media. Um, you know, we've we've over the, the last years, we have seen more and more marketing people say things like marketing doesn't work. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. It's not about pointing the finger and saying you're a fool because this stuff isn't working. But people's behaviours has have changed. And, you know, where once upon a time you would watch an advert and you would see Kellogg's cereal and you'd go, oh, yeah, great. Kellogg's, I'll, I'll watch out for that when I go into the store. Now, no matter where you go, you can't get away from adverts. You can't get away from people cold out reaching to you. And always the message is the same. And the message is, buy my stuff. My stuff's really great. And it doesn't matter whether you're selling cereal and uh, uh, chocolate bars, you know, transactional purchases of low value and low engagement, or whether you're selling uh, CRM or ERP systems at an enterprise level, high engagement, high value, long purchase cycles. Uh, the messaging is always the same, which is our product solves your problem. You should buy from us. Now, the problem with that is that if everybody told the truth, that would be great, but they don't. If actually your product that you claim were the best was the best, that would be great. But everybody says they've got the best product. Nobody says our product is third best. It's a little bit expensive. We don't always deliver on time. Everybody tells you their customer. So these things just become words. And the problem is when all you have at your disposal is words, it's there's, there's no differentiation. So typically 
marketers get agencies to to spend more and more time doing beautiful photography and beautiful designs and the problem with that is that you're making subjective value decisions you know i really like your shirt because it's red john really hates your shirt because it's red the, these these are matters of opinion not matters of fact now one of the things that is a matter of fact is that um people like to do business with and listen to and believe people that they know and like right and the whole point of social media is that it is a platform at scale to make people know you and like you and you know we we have this these days we have this peculiar kind of understanding of the word influence so you know kim kardashian and kylie jenner are influencers and we say to ourselves yeah but they're not credible in the business world well I, I would argue that they are credible in the business world you know both of them massively successful business people are both of them with huge followings i remember i don't know five years ago kylie jenner said about snapchat i hate this new interface i'm done with snapchat four billion dollars wiped off the market capitalization of the business overnight because she just said i don't like this anymore now that's proper power you know there's nothing you or i could do that would generate four billion dollars of movement in a company's stock but the reality is that these people have influence and and the fact is that we all feel affinity with people we engage with those people we follow those people we like those people we wish we were those people we want the things that those people do and and buy and share um here's here's a, a well so so that that's the reality in which people consume stuff there's huge amounts of data show that people go onto social networks and they spend vast portions of their time uh, so uh, a guy called simon kemp runs a company called Kepios. Every quarter, he does a review of the state of the nation for digital platforms. It's a great downloadable report, and all of you should go and, and have a browse of his report. Simon Kemp, he's based out in Singapore. Now, one of the things that this does is it breaks down region by region how many people have digital devices, how many people are on which social network. How many people spend time on these social networks? What percentage of the population? But some of the, the headline figures are that um, of all of the people that have an internet connection, so that's basically everybody in the developed world, all of the people with an internet connection, 92.5% of those people are active social media users. So if you think that social isn't somewhere that your business needs to be because your customers aren't there, patently that isn't true anymore because your, your customers are there. And if you think that social media is a place where you go and take photographs of your lunch and share it with your friends, which people do, and we're all guilty of that from time to time, um, <laughs> but it's more than that. You know, the average user spends two and a half hours a day on social media. Now, that doesn't mean that you're necessarily browsing your, your, your friends' lunch feeds. Uh, but you might be on LinkedIn, you might be on Glassdoor, you might be on Google doing product analysis for whether or not this is the right product for you. You might be learning new skills on some crowds, crowd, crowd-sourced e-learning platforms. Um, there are a whole host of, of places that you could be that qualify as being social media. And the point is that people go there and in the same way that the media poisons the population with the stories that it tells about 
immigrants or COVID or war or whatever it is that they're talking about, eventually those things being constantly drip fed into your ear change your perception and how you behave. And the same is true of social media. You know, when you constantly hear that this product is better than that product, eventually that informs your decision, even if only partly. And I think what, what most organizations have so far failed to grasp is that the power does not reside with the organization, it resides with the individual. So, um, so often, particularly if you're in a, a medium size or larger business, so much um, energy is put into defending and protecting the brand. And rightly so, because, you know, Kellogg's is a household name, BMW is a household name, uh, uh, Miele is, a, you know, all of these companies are massive concerns. And the brand conjures up images of quality or transaction or tastiness or whatever it is that it, it conjures up those images of. But particularly as, as products and services become more complex and the buying process becomes more convoluted and difficult to navigate, you need a guide. And that's you. You're my friend. You're the person I listen to. You're the person that guides me through this purchase or the, this, this decision-making process. So the power is increasingly not with the company, but with the individual. You know, I don't have a relationship with IBM. I have a relationship with John at IBM, who is my consultant, who helps me achieve these things. Or I don't have a relationship with BMW. I have a relationship with the sales manager at BMW who helps me choose a new car and configure it. Or whatever that relationship looks like, it's with the people. And when, when you think about this at, at, at a global scale, and this is truly shocking as a statistic, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, the football player, well, for you guys, soccer player, but for, <laughs> for, for us Europeans, football player, um, Cristiano Ronaldo has seven times as many Instagram followers as all of the top 10 most valuable brands in the world combined. Wow. Yeah. I'm not Ronaldo and neither are you, but it shows that that people can capture the imagination of other people in a way that brands can't. And what organizations need to do is they need to empower their people to tell their stories. So you will have noticed if, if anybody in the audience is a user of, let's say LinkedIn, for example, you post something on the company page and it says, we've got a new piece of software. If you're in software, we've got a new piece of software and it gets four likes. And then you say, you know, here's Marco on the beach with his dog and it gets 400 likes. That tells you everything you need to know, you know, because people are consuming the content that's you centric, not because the content is more valuable, but because it's you. You know, for every person that's on any social media platform, this is true. The only thing that all of your followers or connections have in common is you. You are the USP. And embracing that is the key to unlocking the true power of social. This is not about, particularly in the B2B space, you know, the complex purchase space. This is not about pushing your message in front of people and hoping to generate inbound. Because inbound is out of your control, like going viral is out of your control. Nice if it happens, but actually... We're not in the business of luck. We're in the business of business and predictability. So what you want is you want 
a mechanism that generates conversations because anybody in the B2B space never sells anything from a brochure. They only ever sell it from a conversation. And the reason you want a conversation, of course, is that A, uh, you are not being ticked off on a list. You know, how many, how long have you been trading? How many bases have you got? I mean, irrelevancy is often when you're buying a product or service, but it's being bought by someone who doesn't understand what it is that you're selling. Um, but also when you're having a conversation, you have some degree of, of ability to steer where the conversation goes. If you ask me questions and I simply say, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, you're in control. If we have a conversation and I say, tell me what are your challenges? What, how are you overcoming those? Is that working for you? What are your, who are your competitors? Why would I buy from you and not your competitors? Okay, then I can steer where that conversation goes. So in particularly in B2B, but in any complex sale, um, the outcome, what, what we're selling, what social can deliver is conversations. Yeah, it's one of the things that, uh, you know, we had a conversation a few weeks ago talking about how you uh, uh, teach uh, direct salespeople, you teach organizations and their entire sales uh, teams and what have you on how to use uh, LinkedIn, for example, which, you know, it's one of those uh, social media platforms that a lot of people like me often, you know, even think, you know, well, what do you get out of LinkedIn? Everybody's up there. We've all got our resumes posted up there, so to speak. You know, at least that's kind of the, the mentality that many people have. Okay, yeah. we're, we've got our resumes posted up there. And so what, you know, how do we, um, how do we leverage that? And to, how do you create those conversations? I mean, I've seen many people out there saying, oh, I'm a LinkedIn, you know, guru expert. We'll show you how to do it with virtual assistants, with automation sending messages to, you know, uh, whomever and, and trying to start start up conversations, which I get bombarded with that in my yeah, LinkedIn absolutely. account and uh, rarely, if ever, respond to any of those what seem to be automated messages. Uh, I've even seen a new version where there, there's uh, using our, uh, artificial intelligence with the videos that come in with, you know, like holding up my name on a screen, you know, saying, hey, yeah. Marco. <laughs> which I think was pretty cool. That did get my attention. But Adam, you're, you're, from what I understand, you said your process is not teaching people to, you know, automate all of that, but to go out and actually start real conversations with the executives uh, and B2B that you're looking absolutely, for. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there, there are some fairly fundamental and obvious building blocks to be able to do this. Uh, so the first of them is you have to have a profile that encourages people to read it and does what it needs to do. So for example, if you're in sales and your profile says, I'm a really hard hitting aggressive salesman, no one ever gets away from me when I have a conversation with them, okay? And then you say to somebody, do you wanna have a conversation? You can't be surprised when the answer is no. So you have to be approachable. You know, the long and the short of it is that if you are approachable, more people will approach you. So you have to be approachable, you have to be friendly. And you have to recognize that this is a person-to-person -person engagement. So if you had the option to go and do a presentation in someone's boardroom for an hour, or to take them to the ball game for a day, you'd take them to the ball game. And the reason you would is that you get to know the person, you get to build some friendship and some rapport with the person, and you get longer with them. That's where the win lies. The win doesn't lie in me talking you through my 10 slides. So social enables you to do that at scale so i talk on my profile 
not well in a, in a very uh, oblique way it talks about what i've done it talks about my journey it talks about what i've learned i went to work at this company it was fantastic great bunch of people i worked with i don't talk about how i increased sales by 20 percent i worked here for, and, and it was immediately promoted to manager i did because actually when you give somebody a yardstick they will use the yardstick so i increase sales by 20 percent, and you say yeah i increased sales by 30 percent well, I've lost to you because you've done more than I have. So we need to tell a good story and we need to tell it in a way that encourages people to read. You know, the your, best first, your, your, your first line on your Adam, uh, underneath your name, uh, got my attention from the from the get go. Is I play guitar badly, but <laughs> I'm getting better. You know, it was like uh, uh, a little bit of personalization, obviously, a little bit about you personally. I get to realize you're a a musician or aspiring musician, or maybe you're really good, but you say you're bad. <laughs> I'm but brilliant. It, but, I'm brilliant, but, it, but modest. <laughs> but yeah, but it but it got uh, it got my attention to click and read further you know so which i guess is and the that's goal. exactly the point you know the the point is that 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 for everybody out on linkedin you know all of your competitors are literally one click away so it's a zero-sum game you've got an hour you're going to choose somebody to do business with if i can get you to read my my profile for 50 minutes and someone else's profile for 10 minutes i've won because you know me better than you know them at the end of doing that and that's why the things that matter to you you know, for me, guitars, family, fine dining, travel, you know, those things. If I talk about those on my profile, you might say, yeah, but but, but that guitar you've got there, that looks really interesting. I'd like to talk. About... And actually, that's fine. That's a starting point for us to have a conversation like you support the same baseball team or you've you went to the same school. All of these are starting points for the conversation. So completing a profile that makes you look interesting approachable friendly entertaining the kind of person you would want to do business with you can't i can't look at your as you put it resume and make a decision about you because no one ever tells the truth on their resume why did you leave that last job i got sacked because i wasn't very good no one ever writes that <laughs> so so actually it's always a tapestry of lies so what i need to do is i need to engage you at a very human level so that's the first step the second step is where is your network? So I've been on LinkedIn for, for 10 years and I'm connected to 700 people and I know all of them. Well, you don't need to know them. They need to know you. That's the first thing. The second thing is, where are the 700? So if, if you're trying to sell to a company, if you're trying to sell to SAP, let's say to pick a company at random, and you've got one connection in SAP, you've, you've achieved complete invisibility in that company. So the first thing is you create a profile that makes you look attractive, interesting, and knowledgeable. Second thing is you want to connect to the places that you want to gain influence. If you want to sell into IBM, you need to have lots of connections in IBM. If you want to sell into SAP, you need to have lots of connections in SAP. It's not rocket science. If you want to sell into this industry, this vertical, this territory, this region, you must make that the focus of your connections. Because having 10,000 connections 9,900 of them are not in a company that you're tasked with selling to, then 9,900 of them are a complete waste of time in terms of making your number selling into that company. So where do you want to get your influence? Where do you want to have the conversations? Connect to those people. Then the next thing is you need to make sure that those people know you. So you've got a thousand connections, say. Do you know all those people? No. Which ones do you know? Well, you know the ones that you've met. 
these people that you're targeting are not people that you've met necessarily or the ones that you've had some sort of interaction with okay though that's something you can do something about so if you post something and i leave a comment that says great video marco looking forward to the next one and then you post something else and i drop a like on it and i post something else and i go fantastic if you thought about this as a guest eventually if i do that often enough eventually you look at me and you go who is this person that keeps liking and commenting on my content and then when you've looked at me i've got you and the reason i've got you is because you've looked at my really cool profile that tells you all about what i've done and has got some interesting touch points you know about guitars and travel and cars and whatever it is that, that i'm passionate about and you think he looks like an interesting guy and it's in, even if you think he looks like an idiot it doesn't matter what matters is the fact you've had a reaction to me because then you'll see my content it's like you know you go and buy a new ford mustang and you think you're really cool and you get in it and you drive down the street and then you notice everyone else seems to be driving a ford mustang and it's not because there are loads more Ford Mustangs on the road today than there were yesterday. It's because now you're noticing them. And in that news feed of stuff, I need to be the person that you notice. And the so best way for you to do that is to, to, to keep liking and, and engaging with you. Sorry. What, go on. No, so what kind of time would you is typically recommended for, to invest in navigating around LinkedIn searching for the you know the types of industry niche or companies that you're hoping to target going about soliciting their you know contacts liking their content as you describe it sounds like at a uh a relatively high investment of time um, it, it, it can be you know the, the more of it you do the better at it you get um but i think that, that if if you're in a, a sales role the challenge that you have is most of your time is currently spent in dead time. So, you know, I'm going to pick up the phone and I'm going to dial a hundred people or I'm going to get my auto dialer to dial a hundred people and it get through to 10 and I'm going to speak to 10 of them. And nine of those 10 are going to say, I don't want to talk to you. I haven't got time now. I'm not interested and put the phone down. So a huge amount of the time is spent investing time in something which has no benefit. And the problem with, with all of the cold outreach is and we all do this, you know, we've all done cold calling or cold emailing. Occasionally you get really lucky, you know. So I remember 10 years ago, I, I phoned a company last thing on a Friday night and the only person there was the chief exec and he answered the phone and they become the best customer we've ever had. The, the point you're missing is that that was 10 years ago. That isn't helping you make your number today. So the thing is, what, what things are you doing that are actually driving the outcomes that you want? And the problem with cold calling or cold emailing people or any kind of outreach like that, or even pursuing leads, and everybody in sales has had this, you've been given a lead, you phone the person up and you go, hi, Marco, I understand that you're interested in hearing about our product. And Marco says, no, not really. But you came to our webinar. Yeah. I was just doing some initial fact finding, but I'm not interested. Oh, it, it, and it's all sunk time. The beauty of social is every person you connect to is another person in your network. Maybe they're not going to buy this week, this month, this year. Doesn't matter. Maybe the next person, the important sale you're going to make is somebody you connected to a decade ago. Doesn't matter. What matters is every person that you add strengthens your network because you've got a bigger and bigger audience. Second thing is every piece of content you publish makes you look like you're better than before you published it. So I look at your profile, you've not published anything at all. Clearly, you don't know what you're talking about. You've got nothing to say. 
if I look at your content and your, your profile and you've published hundreds of pieces of content, you truly are an expert in your topic, which means that I may give you more consideration. And all of this is about saying, right, when you invest your time in these things, you're building your own distribution platform for the content that you're creating. So every person you add, every person you drop a like on means you're, you're more visible and more likely to have that content consumed. And uh, so much of this is about not chasing people, but letting them walk towards you. So I send you a connection request on LinkedIn and I want to connect to you rather than follow you because I don't want to see your content. I want you to see mine. So this is about connecting to you. So I'm going to connect to you with a note that says, hi, Marco, you look really cool. Looked at some of your content. Looks great. Is it OK if we connect? And you'll think, well, he sounds like a nice guy. He's like my content. So I'll and then I'm going to pursue you by trying to engage you in a conversation, not by saying, here's my 20 products and services, because you've no idea who I am at this point. So I have to win your trust. And the best way to win your trust is to be nice to you. So you accept my connection request. And I like if you held the door open for me, I'd say, thank you because it's the right thing to do. And so much of this is just behaving in the right way, which is a pleasant change from what we normally see, which is, thanks for connecting. Would you like to book a, a conversation? Here's my Calendly link. No, I wouldn't. I've got better things to do than spend half an hour talking to someone trying to sell me something. Exactly. And, you know, every company that we talk to has got, I mean, every, every company has got challenges, but it seems like every single company we talk to has one challenge, and that's that they've got no pipeline. And that's the, the primary objective that organizations have to address. People are being laid off left, right and center. And the reason is because companies can't afford to hold on to these people, even if they've even if they're on a growth trajectory and they, they have to get rid of they have to shed staff. That's why so many people are being laid off. Now, outside of do you recommend similar activities in uh you know, Facebook or Instagram and other type, or, or if you're a B2B, would you focus on, stay focused on LinkedIn? Well, if, if you're B2B, you have to be on LinkedIn. That's the main thing, because it, unlike many of the other networks, it gives you an almost unlimited amount of space to be able to put your content. So on LinkedIn, you can write a whole load of stuff about you, which counts as like an internet page. You can write all about your careers, and, and your jobs and what you've learned and your journey to get to where you are. And you can write articles and each article is an additional page on your own little website within LinkedIn. Uh, and, and, and that's really powerful, a place for you to be starting to have your conversations. And anybody in the B2B space that is gonna buy what you do is going to at least glance at what's going on on LinkedIn. But that said, depending on what you're doing, there may be other networks that you need to be on as well. So if you want to be recognized as an influencer, because one of your objectives is to try to speak at events. So now we'd love to have Marco come on and talk about marketing. Well, those people are chosen because they are recognized influencers. The way you get to be a recognized influencer is being by being on Twitter. So if that's what you want, you have to be on Twitter and you have to be active on Twitter and you have to be growing your following and sharing good content and posting regularly. If you work in... Know. growing that audience on twitter seems uh i've always uh, ignored it until recently so i started posting content on twitter and what have you uh, 
and they have no idea in my case, as much as I am a marketer, what I'm all about is, is helping other entrepreneurs uh, use our travel incentive. Speaking of that, let's take a break from our sponsor, Marketing Boost, and we'll talk about what Marketing Boost is when we get back, and we'll get back to Adam. Stay with us. We'll be right back. It's time to wow, surprise, and impress your clients with the most powerful customer draw card available anywhere. The Marketing Boost Solution Show is brought to you by Marketing Boost, where you can get valuable travel and restaurant incentives to drive your leads from prospects to paying customers. Now you can offer complimentary hotel stays in over 130 destinations worldwide. Go to marketingboostsolutions.com and try it for free right now. Welcome back to the Marketing Boost Solutions podcast. We're here talking about B2B sales and how to how to how to build that pipeline uh, using social media with the expert Adam Gray. Uh, Adam, first of all, tell us really quick, where can we find more about you as we uh, obviously we could find you on LinkedIn under Adam Gray, but tell us a little bit more about how to find you and uh, and then we'll get back to the subject. Of uh, yeah, you so you can find me not surprisingly on every social platform uh so on, on linkedin i'm linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash adam gray on uh twitter i'm uh, twitter.com forward slash ag adam gray social media uh on uh instagram i'm the adam gray on facebook i'm the adam gray um and uh Yes, all of those true. all of those links, by the way, will be in the notes below. You can click below the notes and find all of those to get a find find us. Uh, Adam, continue. Uh, yeah, so 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 I think the question that, that you asked before the break was um, how how do you grow an audience on Twitter? And and basically, the the process for uh, growing an audience on any social media network is uh, to share good content and to engage with the people that you want to notice you you know because if if uh on linkedin which is a closed network uh in order for me to be connected to you i have to offer you a connection request on twitter i can follow you and you can follow me back but there's no obligation for you to follow me back so what i need to do is i need to encourage you to follow me back and the best way for me to do that is to share content that you might be interested in and to engage with the content that you're sharing on the platform. And in time, you develop a name for yourself for sharing the kind of content that you share. Now, obviously, positioning in front of the right people, you know, tagging the right people in it, using the right hashtags is really important to move it in front of the right audiences. But basically, you're relying on the fact that you're sharing insightful, interesting, non-salesy information with people. Because nobody ever logs into a social network and says, what I'm looking for is to be sold to, ever. You know, they, they're going on there to either have fun or to discover stuff. So the best thing that you can do is you can take your best knowledge and share it with everybody as freely as you possibly can. Because if you want to be known as an expert, you need to show people you're an expert. And the best thing that you have is your expertise. Because you can say, I'm an expert. That doesn't make you one, though. And, and all of these social networks uh, work in the same way. It's about the person-to-person -person interaction. And which networks you should be on is in part driven by what your business does and what the output of that business is. So if you work in manufacturing, say, and, and your speciality is turning things out of aluminium, 
that's perfect visual content. You know, you can show images of your lathes turning pieces of metal or, or videos of your lathe, and, and you can share that on YouTube and you can share that on Instagram and you can share that on Facebook because some of these things are beautiful things to watch. You know, watching a lump of aluminium become a wheel or a gear because it's being milled out is a really interesting thing to watch, particularly for people that aren't in that industry. And, and so much of this is about saying, you know, what are the things that I can create as a byproduct of what it is that I'm doing? And then use the social network, which, which engages with that kind of content. You know, if you work in management consulting, it's highly unlikely that you're going to have a stream of interesting visual content. So probably Instagram isn't the right place for you to be. But you might well have a stream of interesting written content and ideas, in which case LinkedIn or Facebook might be a perfect place for that. If you spend all your time presenting, well, make sure that your presenting is videoed and then you can chop that up and share some of that on YouTube. And, and, and always this is about trying to make sure that, that the production of that, if you like, marketing material is part and parcel of what you're doing, doing during the course of the day. You know, we've all been in that situation where we've come home from a great day doing something. And then we think to ourselves, oh, you know, I should have taken some photos and shared that on Instagram. Yeah, but you didn't, did you? And often the difference between success and failure is, are you remembering to get your camera out and do the post? Are you remembering to, to do the post today that you're going to do on LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever it's going to be? Are you engaging with stuff in a timely manner? That's really interesting, Marco. I'd like to know more about that. Well, if you don't respond for three weeks, the opportunity has evaporated. So being kind of ever present and timely in your responses is really, really important. But, but these are fundamentals. These are fundamentals of having relationships, of doing business, of, of existing. And I think that one of the, the challenges that people need to overcome is to, to assume that uh, I'm going to create something, it's going to go viral, it's going to get a million likes, and then the phone will stop ringing, you know, just keep ringing off the hook. Um, actually, life doesn't work that way. You know, you have to grab it by the scruff of the neck and make it happen. But this is the platform, or these are the platforms to do that. Right, right. And uh, would you say that um, virtual assistants can handle some of that or parts of that? Or is it really in the best interest of the average user to focus that several hours a day on making sure or an hour or two a day? What do you think the investment ought to be uh, on a daily basis to work um, on building that? Well, so... Um... We have a, a series of partner resellers around the world that, that resell our IP and they train their clients. And uh, one of them is in, in the UK. Uh, in this company, there was one of the BDRs. They, they're, they're kind of like a sales management company called Supiro. And, and they are sales people for hire for your company. And uh, one of them, uh, a young guy, <clears throat> was working as an outbound sales rep in a company, and he was getting one meeting per week. As an out He's very good. He's getting one meeting per week as an outbound sales rep. And he was incredibly unhappy doing that. You know, most of his time was spent leaving voice messages that didn't get responses, sending emails that didn't get responses. It, it made him feel that maybe sales wasn't the career for him. 
He hated his job because if you spent seven and a half hours a day, every single day, they're being told, I don't want to talk to you, go away. That would that would make anybody feel pretty bad about their, their working life. So then he adopted a social first attitude towards doing this. And the makeup of his week changed enormously. So 40% of his working week was spent having first meetings with people. So I'll just let that sit for a moment. Going from one meeting a week to 20 or more meetings per week. And of those 20 meetings per week, about 20% progressed to a second action. Either let's have another meeting or yes, what are the next steps? Or can we have a proposal or proof of concept or whatever? So it's a massive shift. So he went from hating his job to loving his job. You know, as a salesperson, someone that likes interacting with other humans, what could be better than spending 40% of your time having first calls with people that wanted to talk to you? So for him, he spent 100% of his time when he wasn't on the phone or having video calls, 100% of his time on LinkedIn and Twitter. Now, that sounds like that's a huge investment of time. But the reality is that the output from that is 20 meetings a week rather than one. And instead of having that one meeting a week, maybe, I don't know, 10% of them progress to a second action. Now, 20% of 20 meetings are progressing to a second action. So it's completely changed not only his interaction with his work and, and his job, but also the output and the success that he was getting. And then that so, builds up that pipeline. And then the following week, he's got the follow up from the week before. Before you know it, he's, yeah, he's talking to people who want to talk to him nonstop. Exactly. And, and I think that, that that's one of the things that which, and again, you know, so much of this is cyclical and nested kind of things inside one another. The beauty of that is, A, that someone that's in that position can be really selective about what they do. Marco, to be frank, I don't think we're a really good fit for you but I can recommend three people that would be a better fit. So why would I want to work with you if it's not a good fit, if I've got that much stuff that I'm doing, that many conversations that I'm having? The next thing is that if you're a salesman and you are having one meeting a week or one meeting a fortnight or one meeting a month, then that meeting is really, really important. So you get really nervous. It's really important that you close it. It's really... If you're having 20 meetings a week, it doesn't matter. You can be really relaxed about this stuff which makes it more enjoyable and you more productive. And, and I think that the, the key thing about all of this is that the, the, the social element of this sits in the background. You know, we've always got a tab open on LinkedIn, always got a tab open on Twitter. When somebody pings a message or responds to something, you immediately go back and go, yeah, thanks very much for your comment. I'm glad you liked it, Marco. It's, and it's very much a dialogue, you know, obviously, unless you're on a call with somebody. But so much of this is about um, about that feeding back into how you present yourself, that footprint that you have on the on the Internet, that profile that you've created. You know, I've got a profile which is full of stuff about music and guitars. Why would I want to 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 be approached by and have conversations with people that love the guitar, not people that love the trumpet? I don't have anything against the trumpet, but it holds no interest to me. So if I dress my profile where I talk about music, I get trumpeters, I get drummers, I get violinists, I get guitarists, I get everyone. If I dress it for guitar, I get approached by guitarists. 
Now that that's a kind of a, a jokey example, but but you know the reality is that that if you lay out your stool as you want to be perceived, that's the kind of people that you'll attract, people that want to do business with you, people that think you're a great guy. You know, I only work with people with a beard. Okay, well I've got a beard, you've got a beard. We're we're on the same page. That's that's the point. The point is that that you lay it out as you want people to perceive you. If you want people to think you're professional and friendly and helpful and knowledgeable and expert and and kind, you need to appear friendly and professional and knowledgeable and expert and kind. Because if you don't, how are they going to arrive at the conclusion that that's who you are? Hmm. Now, now the the interesting thing about all of this is that it's all so obvious. It's so obvious that it's not. Let me ask you a question. Let, I'm going to take a. I'll. I'm going to take a risk here. Go out on a limb and ask you to take a look at my uh, profile. Uh, you know a little bit about me. I'm B2B. I'm chasing, uh, or not chasing, but so looking for entrepreneurs of all kinds and all sizes. Uh, we've got you know thousands of members that use uh, worldwide use marketing boost incentives to help them add more value to whatever their call to action is to create uh, uh, you know use them for loyalty programs trade show giveaways uh, by the way if you're listening to this for the first time that's what marketing boost is all about it's uh, a subscription that gives you access to uh, the ability to give away travel uh, complimentary hotel stays restaurant savings vouchers uh, hotel savings cards and uh, not to be gimmicky but to find ways to encourage your prospects your clients maybe to book a, a zoom call with you by offering them an incentive to do so adding that a little extra bonus to whatever your your uh, uh, call to action is whatever your lead magnet is it might be hey download my free pdf about the following things and as a bonus i'll give you a hundred dollar Hotel savings card, good at over a million hotels worldwide as an example of how to use those incentives. But anyway, that's so my profile or where uh, on LinkedIn, and I have not been making a huge effort on LinkedIn. I post up, you know, uh, the, the, the podcast that I publish and I'm not uh, really publishing uh, more very the, the type of content that you talked about, articles, blogs. So there's obviously a lot more that I could do. But take a look at mine, go ahead and critique it away and tell me what would be suggest if I was your client, what kind of suggestions would you, uh, you know, off the shoot right, you know, tell me right away at a glance that I need to be improving on. Right. Okay. Uh, so I would, starting from the top down, uh, your headline is far too long. All so right. if, if I click uh, and start to search for something on LinkedIn, uh, I, I type in Marco. Uh, what I see is Marco Torres quotes Captain Marco. Uh, I am a biz. That's all I can see. So everything after that is wasted. So if you were to title it something which is really short um, and really catchy, that would be powerful. Because in my experience, is that everyone in the world except you is stupid. I don't mean that these people are idiots, but I mean, they don't understand what you understand. So for them to read something that you've written and view it through the same lens that you do is a big ask. So you have to make stuff as simple as possible and spoon feed people as much as possible because everybody out there in a sales role or in a customer support role knows that you have to tell the same thing to the customer 
over and over and over and over again and even then sometimes they don't they don't understand it so the headline needs to be short uh, it does look your profile like you're trying to sell me something that's never a good look okay and and the reason it's not is because i don't want to come to your profile to be sold i want to come to your profile and and follow you to learn you know you're an expert at what you do so share that expertise with me and we can all do that and the, the reason that's so powerful is that uh people are not going to go away and do it for themselves because they're not able to do it for themselves and if they do manage to go away and do it for themselves they were never likely to buy from you anyway what you want is the people that want to do it but can't do it for themselves because those are the people that are going to be the best customers and the customers that are most likely to listen so you need to take your expertise and you need to bottle it. You need to chop it up into bite-sized chunks. And you need to sprinkle those chunks as far and wide as you possibly can. So that when people come across one of those chunks, they go, yeah, this guy obviously knows what he's talking about. So uh, it, it's, it's, it's a bit salesy. Uh, the photo, I mean, I can barely see it's you because you're so tiny on it. You know, you should be in the middle of the photo. It's almost like, I've reached, arranged to meet you in a coffee shop. I need to be able to see the person that I'm arranging to meet. Um, and then when you get down into, into the meat of the profile, you know, we need to, to, to see the differentiation. And this is not, these are generic comments rather than specifically about you. But the about section is not about what you do. It's about who you are. You know, I am at my happiest when I'm helping people achieve their objectives. That's why I've always been in a customer-facing role. That that's a, a like a nice intro. Or when I was a little boy, I knew what I was going to be. I was going to be an astronaut, but sadly that didn't work out. So I ended up doing incentives for people. You know, whatever the the story is, you can start to allude to the story in 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 that about section, because I need to know who you are rather than what you are at this point. And then when I read down. You can start to talk about not what the offer is, but on why this matters. Because for, for most people, you know, when you look at their profile, they've got multiple job roles over the years. And the problem with all of those job roles is that they're written in such a way that it says, this is the best job in the world. I love working here. Then this is the best job in the world. And I love working here. And this is the best job in the world. And I love working here. Which means that the job that you're doing now, the job where I think, at last, I've found somebody that can help me with this. You're going to be off shortly because you've said this is the best job in the world and you love working here, just like you did for the past 20 jobs. So so, so what you need to do is tell the story about how you got from the beginning to here. And now it's like, ah, and rest. I'm home. I've found my place in the world. A another thing which I find really interesting on people's profiles is that very rarely do they talk about what they did a long time ago. And the reason that they don't talk about that is they think it's not relevant to where they are today. So, you know, this was before I got into marketing. So I don't want to talk about the fact when I did a paper round or when I did ran a car wash or when I was a customer service assistant. at a. a and actually, those are really important things to put down there because those help shape who you are. You know, if you were a paper boy as your first ever job, what did that teach you? It taught you about hard work taught you about getting up early in the morning it taught you taught you about the harder you work physically you know harder you pedal on your bike the more papers you can deliver so the more more money you earn 
Yet these are all really valuable life lessons and they've helped shape who you are. And you're telling me that the chief executive of IBM didn't have a paper round? Of course he did. And all of this is about building rapport. Your first job was a crappy job. Yeah, my first job was a crappy job. Hey, we're brothers. Right. And actually, it, it, so much of this is about pulling those those um, those heartstrings from a long time ago. It's like, you know, you and I used to sit next to each other in that first ever job and we were only in our early 20s. Great. So this person now has moved up alongside you in 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 their career. And now you're running this company and they're running this company. Why would you not want to leverage the fact that you were friends 20 years ago? So all of this is about telling the story. Make, I mean, leave out the bit when you went to prison, of course. But other than that, <laughs> other than that talk about it all. Talk, talk about, you know, I went to this job. I thought this was going to be fantastic. I thought I was going to love this job. But unfortunately... So, right. so once you get into that about section, in other words, don't worry about the length of it. Because if they keep reading, great. If they don't, if wherever they fall off, you, you've at least captured more of their attention. Yeah, and they're learning and, more and about you. You're not necessarily going to read everything on my profile. But what I don't want to happen is for you to start to read my profile and go, oh, I'd like a bit more, but I've run out. So it's a lot easier for me to write it. And remember, you've got an audience of potentially 950 million people that can read this on LinkedIn. Why would you not want to be showcasing the best possible version of yourself to, to these people? Is your business on autopilot yet? Do you have automation in place to capture, nurture, and convert prospects into clients via email, SMS, ringless voicemails, appointment setting? Get all the inbound and outbound marketing tools in one place. Go to marketingboostsolutions.com for more on automating your business so you can make money while you sleep. Another thing that, that, that I see time and time again is uh, when people are, are creating their, their kind of endorsement section, the skills that they have, um, what they do is they, they don't think about what that says to people. So if you were going, if, if you were getting headaches and you had to go into a hospital for a brain, brain operation, who would you want? Would you want somebody to operate on you that said, I'm a brain surgeon, I only work on white middle-aged men or would you rather have somebody that says uh, I'm a brain surgeon and I also do a bit of mini cabbing as well and uh, I've, I've got a shop that I run at the weekends and uh, I do a dog grooming business as well you you're not going to let this person anywhere near you with a scalpel Right. And, and the point is that, that you know, you, you have to make it look like you're an expert, like you're truly knowledgeable about what you do. And one of the easiest ways to do that is if somebody says, what do you do? And you say, I'm in marketing. What else do you do? I don't do anything else. I'm in marketing. That's what I do. OK, well, you must be pretty good then if that's all you do. And, and the problem with with many of those endorsements is that they are for things not for things that we do, but for things that we did. You know, so. Uh, someone's endorsed you as Microsoft Word. It's like, so what? You're not a secretary. Why would that matter? Right. So someone's endorsed you for awesomeness. Yeah, very nice. But actually, that's not what you're about. So we should be refining that down to like 10 things. A, because it points clearly in a direction. Here's your expertise. You know, and that should reflect where you are and where you're going rather than where you've been. 
but also um, we need to make sure that that we are refining. You know, if if people are going to share their their three endorsements they're going to give you over fifty different things, you end up having very few endorsements for anything. You know, so if 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 you tell me that that your speciality is entrepreneurship and only one person's endorse you for entrepreneurship, that means you must be pretty useless at entrepreneurship. Whereas if two hundred people have endorsed you for it, you might be pretty good at it. And, and again, all, all of this is about recognizing that people are going to look at your profile and they are going to jump to a conclusion. You want to make sure it's the conclusion that you want rather than a different conclusion. Hmm. Yeah, I've never gone. Uh, I mean, I've got very few recommendations and haven't gone about soliciting any, which I guess in order to get them, that's what you need to do is with once you have the relationships uh, with people that have you've done business with or what have you is ask them to recommend you. Yeah, uh, well, well, that that my, my last comment was about endorsements, but but absolutely about recommendations, you know, and, and when you when people say, oh, I couldn't ask for a recommendation. If, if you if you have a leak in your house and a plumber comes around and fixes it and he says, are you happy with the job I did? And you say, yeah, it was brilliant. And you cleared up beautifully. And I can't actually even see you've been in the house. He says, fantastic. Would you mind recommending me on Trust Trader or whatever? And you go, yeah, of course I will, because you've done a great job. So why would your clients not feel the same about you if you've done a good job? And the beauty of it is that you would write about yourself. Hi, I'm Marco. I'm kind of pretty good at marketing and I help people with in, uh, incentives. And the clients will say, Marco is an incentives genius. No, there's no one in the world better. You'd never say that stuff about yourself, but your clients will. And the beauty of it is that it's a third party endorsement. You know, if you go up to someone and you say, I'm a really good guy, they won't believe you. If someone else comes up to you and says, he's a really good guy, you will believe them because it's that third party endorsement thing. Yeah. Now, we've I've never again haven't focused on that on my personal brand on LinkedIn, but you know I'm an expert in that. We show people that every day on how you know, for example, with our our travel brands and what have you. We've got one of our websites has got over thirty thousand video testimonials from people bragging about the hotels and our brand for helping them you know get a an affordable vacation and so on. So yeah, we believe in those endorsements and uh, getting even you know written and video testimonials, which is uh, very very powerful. And uh, but I've <laughs> I have not done any of that for my personal but, brand. But that's the LinkedIn. thing. That that that's yeah. the thing. You know, when when we give people an overview of what they need to do on social, at no point does anyone ever say, "Oh my God, this is a moon landing. I didn't know any of this stuff." Everybody yeah. nods and go, "Yeah, yeah, absolutely." And, and and often if if I'm doing like a keynote for for a, an event, I'll I'll get people in the audience to do the following things. Who in the audience acknowledges that everybody is going to check you out on LinkedIn before they buy, and everybody's hand goes up. Great. Who acknowledges that LinkedIn is like a shopping street with 950 million people walking up and down it, and you need to have the best shop possible, and everyone puts their hand up. Okay, who acknowledges that uh, that that it's so? Uh, how long have you been on LinkedIn? Who's been on LinkedIn for more than five years? And everyone's hands up. More than ten years? Everyone's hands up. More than fifteen years? Everyone's hands up. You go great. Why have none of you finished your profile then? 
Bam. It's like, yeah. It's like, well, because uh, I haven't had time. What, in 15 years, you haven't had time? And, and, and the reality is that I think everybody acknowledges this is really important, but it's not urgent. You know, I didn't do it yesterday and I'm still alive. I don't do it today. I'm still going to be alive tomorrow. It's not a big deal. And But now, now as we are kind of pushing into economic headwinds, people are not spending money so freely. People are doing more diligence on their purchases. It's becoming increasingly more important. And so many of the old ways that people had generated uh, generated conversations, you know, emailing, cold calling, running events have become either really expensive or really inefficient. What so, is your feeling on Sales Navigator upgrading the uh, the LinkedIn platform for the ability to you know reach out to X amount of uh, people that are not in your direct contact uh, list? Et yeah, it, it's a very powerful tool, Sales Navigator. You know, I don't know what it costs in America. In the UK, it costs about sixty pounds a month. It's about eighty dollars a month, um, and uh, it's it's money well spent if you use it properly. So what it enables you to do, and, and and this is this is the kind of the issue with it as a software tool, and there's an issue with every software tool, which is like somebody gives you a demo of it and you go, that's a really neat feature. I like that. So what happens on Sales Navigator is that you identify your target companies and you follow your target companies, you identify your target individuals, you follow your target individuals, and every time they publish anything or get mentioned, you get a notification about it, which means every day you get 100 notifications or more, which means you don't do anything with them. Because if you've got two notifications, you'd look at them and you'd go, okay, I'll go and read that article. But you don't because you go through and you follow everybody. And then you get this tsunami of stuff that you have to action and you don't action any of it. So, so what people, my advice to people would be, if you've got Sales Navigator, clear out all of your old searches. Stop following everybody to, to, to begin with. Use Sales Navigator as an effective way of connecting to new people because you can connect, as you said, outside of your own network. So not send an email because an email is like, hi, I'd like to pitch to you. This is not I'd like to pitch to you. This is like I'd like to get you into my network so we can get to know each other a little bit better. Leave it at that. So this is about connecting to more people in the places that you want to develop influence. And Sales Navigator is a really efficient tool for that. If there are some, and when I say some, I mean a very few people that you really want to woo, you know, people that you think, I must try to get a conversation with Marco. So I need to make sure that when he posts something, I'm the first person on it leaving a comment. Okay, so you set an, an alert in Sales Navigator for that. But the problem with setting alerts is that that you just go for it, you know. I'm going to follow 10 people from this company and 20 people from this company and 100 people over here and 500 people over there. And then before you know it, every single day and, and anyone that's got Sales Navigator will see on their LinkedIn page, they've got the little Sales Navigator icon in the corner and it will have 99 in a red gong or 99 plus, which means that you've got more than 99 notifications. And when you get 99 notifications, what do you do? Nothing. Yeah, it's like overwhelming too much. Yeah. What you need is stuff that you can action because taking one action today is better than not taking a hundred actions today. 
So this is about refining stuff down. You're not going to run out of people to talk to. There's 950 million of them on LinkedIn. It's not, you don't want 950 million phone calls today. What you want is the right phone calls at the right time from the right people. So this is about being very, very selective about who you go after. And like I said, you know, the, 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 we're looking for simultaneously, we're looking for access to the right organizations and the right people, but we're also looking for people that want to talk to us. So using LinkedIn, and I don't know how many, what percentage of biz, of sales experts, direct salespeople, business, business, you know, B2B, how many people do you think are actually taking advantage of the power of LinkedIn versus passively sitting by with LinkedIn and doing nothing but having that be a place for their resume in case they're looking for another job? Yeah, so I, I think I think lots of lots of salespeople and, and BDRs uh, use LinkedIn and they see it's a very valuable resource resource for getting insights of the places they're targeting. I want to find out a little bit about Marco. I'll go onto LinkedIn and see what he's doing. Uh, I want to see where you've worked. I'll go and, it, and, and it's very, very powerful for that. And I think everybody in sales recognizes that. But actually researching you is A, time consuming and B, it's only half the story. I want to research you, so I've got some stuff to talk about, but then I want to talk to you. And finding information on you is easy. Talking to you is more difficult. And that's the thing that where most people fall down. And I think that, that one of the things that, that social as a tool enables you to do is it enables you to walk around roadblocks in, in a company that you want to talk to. So I'm desperate to sell into IBM. I want to talk to the head of procurement at IBM. Not surprisingly, the head of procurement at IBM does not want to talk to me. Okay, well, that deal's dead in that case. Or is it? What I can do is I can find somebody in IBM who wants to talk to me. Let's assume I find somebody senior in IBM who plays the guitar. And we chat about guitars. And then we chat about business. So what do you do at IBM, Marco? And you tell me. And I go, that's really interesting. Who do you do? What companies do you target? And you tell me, what are, you, what are your challenges? And you tell me, I say, how can I help you? And you tell me, like a brilliant. And then I sit there. And you say, so what do you do, Adam? And I say, well, I'm glad you asked. So I tell you. And then you say, that's really interesting. How can I help you? And I said, well, frankly, you'd be a perfect client for us. Who should I be talking to? And you say, you need to speak to John. And I say, I don't know John. Can you introduce me? And you go, yeah, no problem. And the reason you was because you like me. That's the key thing. You know, if if John doesn't want to talk to me and John probably won't want to talk to me if he's in purchasing in any kind of role or he's head of finance or he's CRO or whatever. So I need to find somebody who's just like John that does want to talk to me. And then I can use that as a way of getting into the company, getting that initial introduction to John. And the beauty of that is that John will have his barriers up if I go to him direct. If you say to John, you need to talk to this guy. He's a really smart guy. He's got something really interesting that you need to hear. John will be very open to what I'm going to say. But this, this is it's all about relationships. Social is, you know, social media is, is called social media. It's about being social. It's not about targeting people and, and, and messaging people and and 
branding to people it's not about any of that it's about being social we have a chat we develop a relationship we become friends right maybe you'll buy from me this week maybe you'll buy from me this month maybe you'll buy from me this year maybe you'll buy from me in 10 years and anyone goes well i can't wait 10 years no but you've been connected to some people for more than 10 years if you'd waited 10 years for them they'd be buying from you today and the what the the only way that you can build this everlasting pipeline is by saying to people this is not about qualifying you in or out this is about qualifying you in or in later so i'm not going to say are you going to buy yes or no if you're going to buy great if you're not there's the door this is about me saying is this the right time for you yes great we'll, we'll do business today if not doesn't matter i'll keep sharing my best content i'll keep empowering and educating you whether i'm telling you about human resources or changes in in the, the the legal system or regulatory changes or or software or ai whatever it is that is my speciality i'll keep sharing my best knowledge my best insights with you because i know then one day you're going to need what i've got and as long as you trust me and like me and know me i will be the person you'll ask first right wow been a great conversation with Adam Gray today on the Marketing Boost Solutions podcast. Don't forget to subscribe below to the YouTube channel or wherever you get podcasts. And uh, stay tuned for more from experts like Adam on, you know, everything from how to grow your business, how to use incentives, success stories, and more. Uh, Adam, thank you very, very thank much. Thank you so for, much, Marco. Yeah, it's man, been a it was pleasure. a great, fun conversation. And uh you know, learning how to improve my own LinkedIn profile. I really appreciate that. I'm going to have to, folks, if you haven't checked out my LinkedIn profile, go check it out before I make the changes. <laughs> <laughs> good man, good man. <laughs> so I can, so the next time you log into my LinkedIn, hopefully I'll have invested the time to update my about me section and uh, shorten my uh, profile, a number of things there. By the way, before we uh, log off, do you have more is there uh any kind of place where we can go like get that uh, some of those ideas on how to complete a proper profile to start yeah with? if you if you follow the the best thing, I, I live in linkedin basically uh the best thing to do is to follow me on linkedin so it's linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash adam gray g-r-a-y uh so that's me if you follow me or send me a connection request uh i, I always answer questions and and comments um, and every day I publish something. If you if you hang around, you maybe even get to hear me play the guitar badly. Uh, cool. but, but yeah, I, I share something every single day. And sometimes it's like, here's how you do this. Sometimes it's here's how you need to think about this. Sometimes it's here's a challenge which is occurring for everybody at the moment. But always it's it's never a sales pitch with myself or anyone at DLA Ignite. It's always about helping. And then when you're ready to buy, hopefully you'll buy from us. What does DLA stand for, by the way? Digital Leadership Associates. Powerful. DLA. Uh, sir, again, it was a pleasure to chat. Thank, Thank you, you so okay. much. All the links to contact Adam will be in the notes below. Don't forget to subscribe and thank you very much. Folks, we'll see you on the other side. Stay thirsty, my friends. As I always say, stay thirsty for knowledge and keep growing. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for listening to another episode of Marketing Boost Solutions Podcast with your hosts, Captain Marco Torres. Now it's on you. 
Take the next step now. Go to marketingboothsolutions.com for more on how you can wow, delight, and surprise your clients with the most amazing draw card on the planet. So stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty for knowledge. See you next time.